Welcome to the First Pres podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you would like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Pres at www.first-pres.org. Well, good morning, church. It's a joy to be with you this morning. I wanted to, uh, to tell you, friends, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not feeling my best this morning. Uh, I uh, spent most of the night wrestling with kind of a stomach deal. So I say that to say uh, steer clear. <laughs> and I'm grateful to my uh, staff who's allowed me to uh, just do a sermon-only morning this morning. And uh, you pray for me as I pray for you. And together we'll offer what we have to the Lord by reception of his word this morning. But just wanted to let you know, in case I fall out, just kick me back into play. You'll kick me back into play and, and we'll, we'll get through this. But uh, grateful to be together. Would you open your Bibles to Mark chapter 1 as we look at uh, verses 14 and 15 together. Just a brief reading this morning. But a key moment in Mark chapter 1, the start that Jesus is making. Hear now the word of the Lord from Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. We're grateful for God's word. Amen? Lord, as we turn to your pages of Scripture, would you open our hearts, Lord, you who say that, that when we are weak, then you are strong. We pray, Lord, that you would come to us and open our hearts to receive your word and understand it and follow in it to the glory of the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, we want to talk today about keeping on message, keep on message. There's a story told about a young man who got his first paying job. He, he tells his friend, I was out in the woods with my rifle and a man came up and saw me shooting and he said, I'd like to hire you to shoot the rats that, that are infesting my mill. And so he hired me, he said. He told his friend, I, I'm hired. All I have to do is take my rifle over to the mill this afternoon and I get paid. So his friend says, well, can I come along? He says, sure. So they go along to the mill and they sit there, they take their spot and they're looking out at, at the mill and um, from sort of behind the brush, and, and sure enough, along come some, some rats working their way in. His friend says, there they are. Shoot them, shoot them. But the boy turns to him and says, what, and lose my first paying job? <laughs> it's easy to forget why we're here. Why are we here? What are we doing? What's the target? We need a clear message, a clear vision to keep us on track. A good start can fall apart without a good vision to keep us on track. We're at Mark chapter 1, and in verse 1, it says the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. We're looking at the start that Jesus made, the beginning. When Jesus the carpenter from Nazareth began his ministry and we in turn get to begin to see something different about who he is. He isn't just a carpenter from Nazareth. He's, he's the son of God, our savior. The start is the hardest part and there are things that God is calling us to start that maybe we're fearful 
about taking the first step. We know that any good endeavor begins somewhere with some first step and then it faces, as we talked about last week, ups and downs. So we want to help each other. We want to encourage one another to keep on, to do the thing that God has called us to do, to go for it, to push on. What we see today is that Jesus is very clear about his mission from the very beginning. Jesus places a a marker out there, a point on the horizon, a clear mission statement. It's right there in verse 15 where Jesus delivers a one-sentence sermon, an entire sermon in one sentence. I know you wish your pastor was that good, right? (laughs) One sentence. Here it is, verse 15. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Every organization, every, every effort needs a mission statement to keep it on track. It, it is just too easy to drift away from the main thing and lose track of the actual purpose or strength of an organization. That's why mission statements are drawn up. CEOs and business leaders, they, they are charged with the responsibility of keeping the company on track with the main mission. Politicians are told to keep on message, right? Don't get distracted by all the the different sideline arguments that are going to pull you off the main message. And aren't we grateful that they are so good? (laughs) Boy, I I I would hate to be trying to keep a politician on message right now. Holy. Then the military, they talk about mission creep. Mission creep, they call it. It's, it's when an operation with a clear mission is prone to take up other good ideas along the way, other good challenges, good things. These are, these are things that seem like they might be good things to do, but there are other good things alongside the main mission, and those other ideas, they take just enough energy, just enough resources, just enough attention and time to muddy the main mission. Good ideas actually come to guarantee that the main idea, the main goal, is actually missed and the mission fails. So you have to be disciplined to stay on track and keep on mission. You know, this actually even happens in a church from time to time. All the good things, there's so many good things, but how do we lose the main mission? Let the main thing be the main thing or the start will fall apart. That's your little phrase if you're keeping notes on a series like this. Let the main thing be the main thing or the start will fall apart. Well, here's the main thing for Jesus. Verse 15, the time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. It's a sermon in four parts. Let's dig into it together. First, number one, the time has come. The time has come, says Jesus. There are two words in New Testament Greek to talk about time. There's, there's the word chronos, which means what you'd think, chronological time. 60 minutes makes an hour, 24 hours makes a day, and, and time marches on in linear fashion, one moment to the next. But there's another word for time. It's the word kairos, kairos. 
That's the word Jesus uses here. And it means something more than that the timer has gone off or, you know, we've reached a certain, it's five o'clock somewhere, whatever. It means a lot more than that. It's about fullness. Kairos is about a, a pregnant moment, that ripening moment when something is about to happen, something is about to be fulfilled. And you've been in these moments, you've experienced these moments in your life. These are the moments when something so profound is about to take place or is entering in that honestly, time doesn't progress 60 seconds to the minute, 60 minutes to the hour. It seems to, it seems to stand still. It's that moment, the, the moment when a musician walks out on stage, the moment uh, when uh, a pilot first takes the stick of an airplane, the moment an astronaut steps off the bottom of a ladder and the boot hits the surface of the moon, the moment, you see, this moment, the moment when a young man kneels down on one knee in front of the woman he loves and says, will you marry me? That, that's not 60 seconds that minute. You see? That's what Jesus says. He says there's a time. The time has come. It's time. What Jesus is saying at the start of his ministry is just that. The time is now. See, the gospel message includes the principle that if someone is hearing the message, then the time is now for that one to accept it. It's a pregnant moment. The time is now. The time is fulfilled. If you're hearing this morning, if you're hearing the gospel message, if you're hearing Jesus working on your heart in some way or another, then this is the time that God has ordained for you to hear and respond. The time, Jesus says, is now. Number two, the time is now. The kingdom of God has come near. Now, this is a huge statement. This is an enormous statement. It's a statement that, that takes over Jesus' life and ministry. This is his message again and again. The kingdom of God is here. In fact, it's his message even now. The ministry of Jesus is marked by the kingdom of God. Well, what does it mean? What does it mean? It means a different way of life is here. Something different entirely, a new possibility. The rules and the limitations that we thought were universal turn out to be only a small part of the game. And in fact, they're passing away There's a new kingdom emerging, present in Jesus. The kingdom of God is where God is the king. Should we say that again just so we get it? The kingdom of God is where God is the king. It's where his ways, where his life is lived, where things are, are, life is lived in the way that he wishes it to be lived. It's where God's ways are the ways. It's where death and destruction and corrosive hatred and self-centered patterns give way to life and love and joy and peace, to life that is truly life. That's the kingdom of God. Jesus is saying, heaven has drawn near. As Pastor Don Everts writes, to become a Jesus follower is a giant believing and acting on its step. It is to move in, to receive residency in the kingdom of God, to defect to a new nation and build a life there. 
And the benefits are overwhelming. He, he starts to talk about, Don Everts does, about the kingdom dweller. He says the kingdom dweller has a new citizenship, a new identity. Every citizen of the kingdom of God is, is named beloved, beautiful saint, child of God. The kingdom believer has a new family, a new allegiance. Everett says there's a change in what he or she will and will not salute. There's an allegiance there to the king. They have a, a new king. They have a new diet, living on the Word of God. They have a new constitution, a new bill of rights, a new relationship with the Creator and the Holy Spirit within, a new perspective on life, a new hope in the future, a new purpose for getting out of bed in the morning. It's the kingdom of God. The kingdom dweller has a new record, Don Everett says. The regrets and stains and penalties of a painful life of sin are replaced. They're replaced by the cleanness of Jesus' forgiveness. Moving into the kingdom changes everything. A whole new life. It's almost like being born again. Bless you. The kingdom of God. It's on the way, says Jesus. The time has come. The kingdom of God has drawn near. All of this, Jesus says, all of this that I've been describing of the kingdom of God, Jesus says all of this, this entirely new way of life, this new way of seeing this universe, the new reality, Jesus is saying this is reality. This is the actual reality. This life is the life. This is what is real and lasting and eternal. Bless you all. Let's just pray. Lord, would you be with us? Would you help us? Lord, strengthen us. Uh, Be with our dear friend as she seeks help. And Lord, in our weakness, you are strong and you hold us together. You hold our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The kingdom of God is a new reality. It is life that is actually life. It is, it is the real life. The thing that we've been living, the stuff that we've been living in and, and thinking is real and permanent and, and all that it's about, that stuff passes away in the face of the kingdom of God. So it's, it's near like a pregnant moment. And what Jesus is saying, what Jesus meant was when he says the kingdom of God is drawn near, what he meant was himself. Here I am. In Jesus, the kingdom of God emerges. Jesus himself is the gateway. Jesus is where the kingdom comes down and where you can enter the kingdom. In Jesus, God's way is the way. You see, his life is life as God intends it. Where is the kingdom of God is where God is the king. Where is God the king? In the life of Jesus. And we get to see that. And and Jesus is the, the gateway where the kingdom comes down and where you can enter the kingdom. He is the crossroads where the point of decision comes. He is the door where one either bows their head in humility and enters in or turns away to exclude themselves from the ways of God for all eternity. In Jesus, the kingdom of God makes a personal appearance. The time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Number three, repent. 
everyone's favorite. Repent. Jesus starts his mission and ministry with a clear statement of what it's all about. And the third point is maybe the hardest one. Repent. Only through repentance can a person participate in the kingdom of God with joy. To repent means to to turn around. It means to turn from our sinful ways and walk in God's ways. To enter the kingdom of God is to exit the kingdom of, of ourselves. To stop going the direction you are going. To turn about face and begin going the opposite direction. It isn't easy. It isn't easy. But Jesus says this is a part of it. This is a part of the start. It's more than feeling sorry or, or regretful about life. It's more than, than having a, a lingering sense of dissatisfaction with how your life is going. No, it's more than that. It means allowing God to teach you what is right and wrong. It begins with an intellectual exercise of allowing the Word of God to define virtue and vice, right and wrong, good and evil for you. And then to repent is to accept. Oh, it's a willingness to hear from the Word of God and then name our crimes. Our crimes. We say, now I know. I didn't know before, but now I know. That when I did that thing, when I said that word, when I acted that way, when I made that decision, it wasn't just me not going the best way for me. It wasn't just me hurting someone around me. It was me committing a crime against the law of God. It means recognizing our crimes and confessing them before the Lord. I admit my crime and I resolve not to repeat it. That's repent. And number four, Believe the good news. The good news. Believe the gospel. Remember this whole mission statement is Jesus defining and proclaiming what we saw in verse 14, the good news of God, the gospel. Repent is turning from, believe is turning toward. And Jesus says, believe, believe the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, the ancient world knew this word gospel. Whenever the Roman Empire would conquer a new land, they would issue an imperial decree that they called a gospel. Good news. Good news, you know. You've been conquered. You get to be part of Rome. You know, good news. Now, of course, all your leaders and everyone you cherished and cared about you know, have been dragged through the streets and killed. But hey, good news. So they knew this word. They knew this word as an imperial decree. And Jesus says, listen, God has good news. God has good news coming in from above. God has good news. And it isn't about empires and kingdoms. And, and it isn't about what's living here in, in the latitude of, of our lives. It's coming down from above. God has good news for you, a gospel. God has a kingdom for you to be a part of. God has a reign and a rule for you to enter into in Jesus. Jesus says, believe the good news. Believe the gospel of God. Now, belief is intellectual assent. It's something we do with our minds. Belief is trust. It's something we do with our soul, with our heart, where we say, I think I can, 
Trust you, Jesus. Belief is something we do with our bodies. It's something that we do when we are obedient to the Lord. Believe in the gospel. The gift of salvation in Jesus Christ is a free gift received by believing. We are saved by grace through faith. There's no point to knowing a gift has been prepared if you're not willing to open it. There's no point in understanding that Jesus has made a bridge to heaven if you're not willing to try it, to step on it, to rest your life on it, and to prove it strong and good. There's no point in standing in front of the door. Walk in. Pass through. This is the message of Jesus. Keep on message. Keep the main thing the main thing or the start will fall apart. Keep on message and you will get where you are meant to go. Dr. Henry Cloud has written a book called uh, uh, The Nine Things You Simply Must Do to Succeed in Love and Life. I read the book because I thought, boy, I'd love to succeed in love and, and life. You know? Only nine things, that's great. And succeeding, that beats the alternative, you know? So I read it. Well, one of his things is play the movie to the end. If your life is a movie, he says, play the movie out in your mind all the way to the end of it. Keep the end in view, and as you make decisions or make turns, play them out to the end. It's amazing to see how a worthy goal, a worthy goal out on the horizon can straighten out all the little twists and turns that we take through life. You keep the main thing the main thing. You keep on message. You take the long view, and and your start won't fall apart. Amen? I climbed Blodgett Peak a few weeks ago. No applause is necessary. (laughs) No. Oh, oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) No no applause is necessary because I cried for three days about how my my legs felt to all the staff, but... um, But you know, the nice thing about climbing a peak in Colorado is that the goal is always out there in front of you. As long as you're headed up, you're headed the right way. And through all the twists and turns, you know, as long as you're going up, you're making progress. I mean, there were a lot of twists and turns. There were a lot of places where you didn't know where to go. On this particular, in lots of moments where the trail broke off or I had to choose one way or another or it disappeared entirely and you just think, well, I've just got to keep going up. Plenty of moments where I thought I might be lost and was probably going to die. But we made it. (laughs) Keep the main thing the main thing. Keep going and you can get where you are meant to go, where God is calling you. Listen, as we finish, listen. This is Jesus' message. It's out in front of you. The time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent. and Believe the good news. The time has come. You can't live in the past. You can't live in the future. All we have, friends, is the present moment. I'm telling you now, the time has come. The time 
is fulfilled. Jesus is very near. Jesus is present in this moment. Today is the day of salvation. The kingdom of God has drawn near. The barrier between you and God has grown very thin now. Heaven is present. In all of our weaknesses and all of our trials and all the things that we have to overcome, do we get stuck here in this world thinking this is all there is? The kingdom of God has drawn near. Listen, the barrier has drawn very thin. These are thin places now. Jesus is right here. New life is right here. He's right in front of you. In Jesus, the kingdom of God makes a personal appearance. And what Jesus is saying to you is I'm here and there's a place for you. There's a kingdom for you, an eternal kingdom where life is truly life. So he says, repent. Would you repent? Would you bend the knee? Would you be humble? Would you confess? And would you believe in the good news of the gospel? Turn. Stop the program of of self-justification, of assessing blame and casting blame on others. Stop the comparison game where we think, well, I'm not so bad as the others. You know, these other folks, I can think of much worse people than me. Stop all the attempts to defend and justify and make an excuse for where you are and what you've done. Let God's rules apply. Let God's standards come in. If God says it's a crime, then I recognize my crimes and I say, Lord, I'm sorry, and I resolve not to do it again. Let God see your life and believe in the good news. In Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Say it together. In Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. And so of all the soil to be turned over or won for the kingdom of God, of all the ways that we can talk about the advance of the kingdom of God, the soil that matters most is right here, the soil of your heart. That's how the kingdom of God advances. When one soul names Jesus, When Jesus names one soul and your soil becomes a fruitful place for all the beauty of the kingdom of God to emerge. The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe in the good news. There is a new life here, a new possibility, a new start in Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for being with us this morning. Thank you, Lord, for this moment of worship where we receive your word as best we're able. We open our hearts and and we ask that you implant your living word within the soil of our hearts, that it can grow and produce fruit 30, 60, 100-fold for your glory. So, Lord, thank you for helping us to worship you this morning. Thank you for the message of Jesus that carried him on straight through his ministry and carries us forward. Help us to believe the gospel and to turn to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.first-prez.org.